Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello. How you doing? I'm good, Pete. How are you? It feels like we haven't done a show in a while. I know, because you were in Alaska, and, and now you... You actually look like you have a tan. I, How do you get a tan in Alaska? Man, Pete, the <laughs> weather was amazing. Everybody tells me, you know, Alaska, be ready. We even brought, we bought rain ponchos and everything. Oh. I still got the tag on mine. I'm going to return it, I think. <laughs> Can you do that? I didn't wear it. Um, we had amazing weather. Yeah. I mean, it was like we, 68 or 65? We flew to Seattle. It was like 75 degrees, yeah. not a cloud in the sky. Mount Rainier looked like it was, you know, yeah. a mile away, it's not incredible. 80 miles away. So clean. You know, they say that uh, we took the boat tour yeah. in, the, in the sound, uh-huh. which was really cool. So they tell you all the stats and all this stuff. They say they can only see Mount Rainier about 90 days a year. Oh, so we flew in on so Sunday for, the, for a week cruise. And then we were there on the Monday following both days. Mount Rainier is just boom. Wow. Beautiful. So, so beautiful. And then you got to go to a Seattle uh, so Marinigame. jumped on a boat and uh, cruised up to Alaska. I'm trying to get past that. It go- was so beautiful. We saw we saw orcas swimming by the boat. I love that. I saw a humpback whale, only one, but yeah. I was and it breached. It breached, so I was yeah. grateful to see that. Yeah. Um, like you told me, I was going to see a bunch of bald eagles. You were not lying. There was lots of bald eagles. When they were big, did you get anything yeah. close? Yeah, they're huge. Some are just like yeah. two times bigger make, than what we they see make here. Ours look like baby oh, eagles yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah. And then um, we went, we didn't see bears in the wild, but we went to a bear habitat Ooh. where they kind of like rescue. So I you think, didn't bear. see any by the water side no. as you're going by? No, oh. nothing. nothing. We probably saw like three or four. Yeah, we didn't, yeah. We didn't, oh. didn't see any moose or no. you know, see no too many moose. Yeah. But we were going up the, the, I think it's called the Endicott Arm uh-huh. to go up to Dawes uh-huh. Glacier. I might be getting uh-huh. that wrong, but anyway. The water was like this green. It mm-hmm. was just so beautiful. And so we're cruising up, going towards the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The cove. <laughs> the glacier. Yeah. The glacier. Glacier Thank cove, you. whatever. And there's icebergs just floating by us. And then two of the icebergs, they were like sea lions laying on them. Uh-huh. So one I got a picture of, it's got like a mama and a baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's too far away to tell. Yeah. Them. But anyway, it was so cool. That's uh, cool. Oh, amazing trip. The only day we got rain was in Juneau. And that was the day of the helicopter ride. So we were almost, it, it was touch and go of whether mm-hmm. it was going to get canceled. We're standing at the airport ready to take off and it just sky opened up. But that was the only day. In Juneau, though, it was colder, right? Because that's further yeah. north. Well, yeah. that, and it was overcast, overcast oh. and rainy that day. So the forecast originally had Sitka being the coldest day, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense because that's out on the Pacific. Where the other ones Did are kind of- Did you do a lumberjack show? Yes, that was so much fun. We had a lot of fun. So we were- uh, sat down and they divide the group in half yeah. the american team and the canadian team yeah. and i got on the canadian team. oh wow eh 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 but you know what the canadian team won eh yeah. <laughs> so sammy was mad at me we sat down and i'm like come here we got good you know front row seats we get over there and then they announced that we're the she was mad at me she's like i don't want to be an american i'm like oh i raised you right and then, <laughs> but then the canadian side won so she was happy she's a bandwagon fan that's sure. so funny <laughs> <laughs> we so, were while you were in alaska i was in california again so yep. we were with my dad's memorial it went yep. well it was awesome. great we had a family reunion so um the night before my memorial all the family came in and we celebrated my cousin's uh, birthday 
Um, so that was fun. So shout out to you, Justin. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Justin. And then, um, and then we got to just uh, fellowship and it was great. We so, both did impromptu baseball games. Oh yeah. We always did. You went to what? See Angels. Anaheim? Yeah. We saw them play. God, who they played now. Oh, the Cubs. They played Chicago Cubs. Cool. So, yeah. It was kind of nice. And we did the same thing. So the day we got back, we didn't, we flew on the red eye. Well, my yeah. impromptu is a planned impromptu. Whenever oh, okay. I, whenever, was impromptu. Whenever I go to California, I'm usually at a game. <laughs> well, we were that way. We were we were touring Seattle. We went to the Space Needle. Went to the the Glass Museum. I'm glad that we're just park like, is one hey, of the best, though. See if Seattle's in town. Yeah, and they were, and they were playing the Marlins, yeah. which was nice. And the timing was good. The timing was perfect. We yeah. went. No, we did, we had to leave before like the fifth or sixth inning, yeah. but we knew that going in. Yeah. And uh, but that is the most beautiful ballpark I've ever been to. Yeah. We're it is sitting, so pretty. We're sitting on the upper deck on the first base side, and literally our view is downtown Seattle yeah. and in the sound. It was just stunning. Yeah. It was so, so pretty. Yeah. That's what they need to do here in Orlando is make a baseball park. Yeah, with a move with a moving roof. Yeah. Because you need it in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Especially about three or four. Well, well it, it might be gone. That's by what they did in, t- in Arlington, right? Yeah. They built an they had a perfectly good stadium, but yeah. they built another one with a roof. They had be- to because it gets so hot in the summer. Yeah. I've been to games. In July yeah. in that stadium? Yeah, I've been to Arlington. It is hot. hot. It's gorgeous stadium. It is. it is. The hot. new one is. The old one was, oh, they, it's the same one. They just put the roof on? No, no, no. They it's moved it across one. the street. Yeah, they yeah. built a new one across the street. But I'm like, the old stadium was really nice. It was just too hot. So there you guys go. We went on uh, adventures. You know, Bob and I, we just we just had a meeting on all the different travel dates that we have. And for the next <laughs> three months, we're gone so much. But um, we are going to stay faithful to Riot Podcast. We will continually keep doing our podcast every what week. What we do to put those shows together yeah. for you guys. Sometimes. There's a lot of adjustments. <laughs> but, you know, this is a passion. It's People, always, Why do we do it? Because we, for one, love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, and soul. But number two is we really believe that um, what we're sharing is biblical truth, and it is to help encourage other believers just to walk closely and intimately. And that's why we do it. And uh, so, well, that's one reason. What's the other reason? Um, it's a selfish reason for oh, me. Right. It keeps me in the word, Pete. Yeah, that's true too. It helps my relationship with God by doing this podcast. Yeah. It it draws me closer to Him. So yeah. in a selfish way. Uh, well, I mean, let's just explain why. <laughs> because it's humbling. So when Bob and I come together in our prep time, uh, we just spend some time fellowshipping, catching up, and everything else. But we also really spend a lot of time humbling ourselves. Yeah. Um, this show does not happen if we don't get out of the way. Amen. And I think that's awesome that we get to be together every week and we do that. Just get ourselves, remove ourselves, humble ourselves before the Lord, humble ourselves before each other, um, and then just bring bring Him glory. And so, yeah, that's kind of that's. I think that, like you've said this many times, that's kind of the more of the highlight than actually doing the show. But <laughs> it is, it's awesome. Well, let's. Uh, I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then we'll get jump back in. We're going to. Wow, well, we'll talk about it after the prayer. Yeah. Let's do that first. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to just serve you. Lord, we, we thank you for our listeners that they take the time to listen to this show. Lord, I pray that it is a blessing to them. But even more importantly, Lord, I, I pray that it just points them to you, that uh, it helps their relationship as, as it does with Pete and I and, and Barry when he's on the show. Lord, um, we're just so grateful to have this opportunity. And I pray that uh, our listeners get that same blessing from that, Lord. We just want to we just want to draw nearer to you. We want to be more like you. We want to just reflect your beauty to the people around us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. We give you this show now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
So today we're going to talk about, we're, we're calling the show Battle of Two World Systems. And so we're going to kind of get into that. And it's, 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 basic, it's a struggle. It's a struggle of one way of thinking versus another way of thinking. And then we titled it, What is Truth? And so that kind of pretty much divides the line of what is actually truth and what is not truth. And so we're going to kind of get into it. So it's like John, John 18, 28 through 38 um, is going to be where we're at. We'll read out of the ESV, but let's just open it up, kind of give context of what we're going to read, and then we'll get into it. That title again, The Battle of Two World Systems, yep. What is Truth? Uh, All right. In our previous two shows, um, we were also in John 18. Episodes 134, 135, check those out if you haven't had a chance, and uh, that'll kind of give you a, a lead up into this week's show. But uh, in those shows, we witnessed the betrayal of Jesus by Judas Iscariot, yep. Peter cutting off the ear of Malchus. Funny. Funny. <laughs> Not to Malchus, <laughs> it wasn't. Well, actually, it was because he got a miracle worked that's on him. So, crazy you know, and he got his name in the Bible forever. That's, that's so, true. You know, that's all good. So we felt bad for Malchus for a yeah. second. Not, yeah. not anymore. Jesus standing before the Sanhedrin, you know, on trial. Getting and then, beat, slapped, spit on. Can yep. you, uh, yep. Yeah, if you haven't seen Passion of the Christ, that does a good job of kind of showing what happens there. Oh, yep. it's brutal. It's tough to watch. And then Peter denying Jesus three times, mm. as predicted by our Lord. Yep. In today's show, we will continue with Jesus standing before Pontius. So this Pilate. is the next scene. Dun, 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 dun. Next scene. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In John 18, verses 28 through 38 today, we will uncover details of our conversation between Jesus, who was on trial, and Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea. During the passage, Pilate is questioning Jesus to understand why he's been arrested. The Jewish leaders allege that Jesus was claiming to be a king, which could potentially threaten the Roman Empire's authority. Jesus explains to Pilate that his kingdom isn't of this world, emphasizing that his father's followers don't use physical weapons. Pilate is perplexed by Jesus' words and asks him, So, you are a king? Jesus replied, that he was born to testify to the truth, and those who belong to the truth will listen to him. To which Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? It's a famous, the famous what line. What is truth? What is truth? Ultimately, Pilate determines that there's no evidence against Jesus and tries to release him. Unfortunately, the Jewish leaders insist that Jesus be crucified. Crucify him. Crucify him. Yeah, Ugh. and that's results of the crucifixion, but that just pretty much sums up I mean, this whole chapter, I mean, we put, gave you complete context. So the listeners, if you're listening, this is what we're going to be talking about. We're just going to unpack this. But we must remember that the Jewish leaders had already considered arresting and killing Jesus long before they did so in the garden. This wasn't just, hey, they came up with the idea. They've been plotting this for a long time. Um, the reason they did not, though, was that the Jewish council lacked the authority to execute prisoners. So they needed to obtain a cooperation and approval from Rome. This required a visit of the Roman procurator, Pontius Pilate. Um, historical evidence shows that Pontius Pilate held office between 80, 26 through 36, so definitely during Jesus' time, and um, was not well liked by the Jews. We know that because of Luke 13, 1, 2. We know that he was ruthless and um, he had a temper. But however, his handling of Jesus' trial reveals him as an indecisive, weak, and compromising man. Pilate was more, more concerned about protecting himself, his job, and Rome than about justice. He failed in all mm. three aspects. 
So today, as we read our passage, we will observe Pilate attempting to find a loophole that would, that would satisfy both parties. Initially, he was apprehensive of the crowd, but eventually became increasingly apprehensive of the prisoner himself. So as he started questioning Jesus, he was like, okay, I might have to think about this a little bit. But despite proclaiming Jesus' innocence of at least three different occasions, at three different occasions, he still declined to release him. The Roman trial overseen by Pilate centered around four primary questions. What is the accusation against Jesus? What is Jesus the king of the Jews? Should he release the king of the Jews? And finally, where was Jesus from? Our discussion today will focus on the first two questions. So let's read, John, let's just do uh, verses 28 through 32. Um, and then let's just unpack the first question, which is what is the accusation? Okay. Um, John 18, 28. Then they led, let me make sure I'm in the right place. Yeah. Then, and this is out of the ESV. Then they led Jesus from the house of of. Caiaphas, I always say that. Always, yeah. Is it hard to see? Yeah. Caiaphas. Caiaphas, yeah. to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, what accusations do you bring against this man? They answered him, if this man were not doing evil, would we, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show what kind of death he was going to die. So as soon as the Sanhedrin had voted to condemn Jesus, the officers took him to the palace where Pilate was living during the Passover season. It was customary for the Roman governor to be in Jerusalem during Passover in case there were any outbursts or Jewish, of Jewish nationalism. I guess they're worried about uprisings. Yeah. The religious leaders did not hesitate to condemn an innocent man, but they were careful not to be defiled by walking on Gentile ground. Man, the religious, the religious, ah, I can't even say it. It's just so gross. It would be tragic to be ceremonially defiled during the seven days it's, of Passover. So they were more worried about being defiled than they were about turning over an innocent man. I mean, I just, I try to, I try to figure, picture this scene. So, I mean, religion sucks in every aspect of it. Say right? that again. We talk about this all the time. <laughs> Where you see religion, you see stupidity is what you see. But I, can you imagine, um, here are these, these leaders, they hate this person so much that they're going to justify, they're going to do whatever it takes to get their way. Religious leaders. They're completely. I mean, they're just, it's like they, they, they do not know God. Jesus, how many times did he have to tell the Pharisees, you don't, you don't know me because you don't know the Father. If you would have known the Father, you would have known me. Because you haven't known the Father, you don't know me. And so what you're saying is hypocritical. What you're saying is stupid. And here it is again, they do not know the Father. They do not know truth. They know their own law. They know their own rules. They know their own making of what they believe is true. It's their truth. And, and, and so their truth is preeminent here. Their truth is, is the authority here. And that truth is saying that whatever we feel is right, we are going to dominate. We are going to control. We are going to take ownership of. And, and that's what they're doing. So whatever it means, if I have to manipulate, if I have to con convince someone, if I have to lie, if I have to deceive, whatever it is, that is what they're going to do. Fast forward to our own lives. If there's something in our life that we want and we're walking in the flesh, 
We do the exact same thing. So this is not like, hey, all oh, those Pharisees are so bad <laughs> and so forth. Nah, we do the exact same thing. But we, we, we lose sight of it because we see, all oh, they crucified Christ. They did all this. Well, we actually are doing the same thing many, many times if we are trying to dominate or control or manipulate a situation or a circumstance. That's what's happening. But in all seriousness, it would be logical for Pilate to ask for the official accusation. Instead of stating the charges clearly, the Jewish leaders beat around the bush and probably made the astute politician suspicious. Again, they know that they're in the wrong. In their deepest recesses of their heart, they know that it, it's like they're justifying it. They know that they don't have all the proof. They know this. So they're trying to say all these different things to make him like believe it. Like, you know, we're really mad. You know, we're really angry. This guy really did this. And he's trying to like, well, really, what did he do? Please explain to me in clear language, what did he do? And, and the truth of the matter is they're just trying to protect their power. That's it. And it's and they're and they're probably confusing him. They're probably saying all these things. And he's in his mind is going, that's grounds for killing. I don't, I don't understand what you, why are you guys all rallied up here? Why are you guys getting all emotional? Right. So, but in Luke's gospel, he listed three charges they brought against Jesus. So the first one is the late, he led the nation astray. We know that, that he, Hey, this, this Jewish nation, he's leading us astray, right? That's, that's their first allegation. And Pilate's like, is that ground for, for, for killing? No. He opposed paying tribute to Caesar, and that one, you know, could possibly be if that's true. And then lastly, he claimed to be the Jewish Messiah and the king. And if he is a king, then obviously Pilate needs to know about this, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that. But that's those are the three accusations that they brought. And so Pilate at the beginning here, he's trying to find out what in the world is going on. All right. Okay, so we can infer from John's writing that Pilate was hesitant to participate in the Jewish court case. That's definitely being <laughs> showcased here. There's no doubt he's hesitant. You know, especially during Passover. As a result, he attempted to avoid the matter and suggested that they try Jesus under Jewish law instead. Yeah, I mean, we know that he sent him up to Herod, right? So, hey, I don't even well, want right. to send him up. Back and, and forth. Yeah, right? we're going to get into that more. But, I mean, it's it's like he did whatever he could to get out of this. He did not want to be a part of this. So Rome had permitted the Jews to retain a certain amount of jurisdiction, especially in matters relating to the religious laws and custom. But had the Jews alone judged Jesus and found him guilty, they would have been killed by, they would have killed him by stoning. We know that because that's the context of what the Bible tells us to do, right? They killed, see, we're going to talk about that. They, they killed Stephen. Right. So, and God had determined that the son would be crucified. You know, John 3, 14 said it before he was crucified, he was going to be crucified. But Jesus was to bear the curse of the law and become a curse for us. And in order to do this, he had to hang on a tree. This is a prophecy in Deuteronomy 21 through 23. It says this, and if a man has committed a crime punishable by death and he is put to death and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on the tree but you shall bury him the same day for a hanged man is accursed by God. You shall not defile your land that your God, that the Lord, your God has given you for an inheritance. So the fact that the Romans allowed the Jews to stone Stephen to death indicates that Rome was lenient with us with the Sanhedrin on some capital cases. So we know that in context. Okay. So this is context, but the bottom line is in Deuteronomy, Moses, when he penned this, he was prophesying, that the, the that the curse of the law is going to be put on somebody that hung on a tree. And then it also says here that his body shall not remain all night on. 
So he died before they could break any of his bones. The Bible prophesied that he died on this. All of this is like not a coincidence. Yep. This was all strategically planned and divine, and it was foretold way in advance. So that's something that we just read that we're studying. Fulfilling and prophecy. We That should give us hope. The Bible tells us that prophecy helps us, right? It helps for, um, increase our faith. It helps us to be restored. This was prophesied in advance. All right. All right, next statement. When you seriously consider the, the three accusations against Jesus, you quickly see that they were completely unsupportable. For one thing, he had not sub subverted the nation, either politically or religiously. Of course, he had publicly denounced the Pharisees and their hypocritical religious system, but he was not the first one or the only one to do that. Yeah, Jesus had blessed the nation. He wasn't playing it. He was blessing the nation. He brought the goodness to the nation. He, that's That was completely the opposite of what they were saying. And then he brought them new hope. I mean, that's the reason why he came. I came to give you life and life abundantly, he says in John 10.10. 10. So the fact that some of the Jews saw him in, as a potential king was not Jesus' fault. He wasn't trying to do that. I mean, remember when he fed the 5,000 and then they wanted to rush him away to be king? Yep. He was just fulfilling the Father's purposes. He was just bringing glory to the Father. And they were like, no, nah, we're going to make you king, you know? So, and then he fled from all such uh, political demonstrations. We have to understand that Jesus was apolitical. He was not about politics. And we're going to cover that in the next point. But he was his whole point was, I want to love both sides. I want to elevate both sides. And I want both sides of whatever political aisle or whatever, I mean, multiple sides, whatever it is, to come to know me, to have a relationship with me, and to be set free from the bondages of the world system. You mean Jesus wouldn't consider himself a liberal or a conservative? Oh, he can care less. And, and I mean, it's like we get as Christians and we could do another show on this because we've done a lot, probably should. <laughs> but it's it's like we get so caught up into yeah. the politics. It just it's so disheartening to God. He can care less. He just wants us to cut through all of that junk and just love and Amen. just really elevate and to really seek God's truth. The problem that we have in politics is we're seeking our own truth, our own justice. We're not seeking a higher truth. We're not seeking God's truth. That's the reason why we have a problem. Yep. I feel, you feel, I, yep. my opinion, your opinion. Justifying my beliefs. What yep. I think, what yep. looks right to me, what my truth is. It's the same thing. It's a world system that's broken and out of control. Pilate was working and operating in a world system that was broken and out of control. And Jesus came. He came okay. to change all of that. All right. So the, the second uh, thing that kind of brought against him was um, the paying tribute to, to Caesars, right? So as far as opposing paying tribute to Caesars, Caesar, Jesus taught... Just the opposite. Matthew twenty two twenty one says, "Render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar, yeah. and unto God the things that are God's." So that was the coin thing, right? He's like, yeah. "Hey, who's got a coin? Let me see." But it just proves that he wasn't political. Yeah. He, he can care less about it. And and what he was basically telling them is, "I'm not against Caesar." And he's basically saying, "Listen, if that is the court of law, then you are to obey the court of law. That is why I set it up. That's why it's been ordained. I'm not against it." But what I am against is you oppressing people. What I'm against is that you bringing um, hardship and in, 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 in this, these demands upon people that are not true. That's not good. I've come to set you free from all of that. I've come to give you a life that's, that's, that's better than all of that. And every world system is always putting demands on people. I don't care what it is. You're always doing something to control the population, to control the people, to dictate how they're supposed to do something. 
in, in our government in the United States, it's big government versus little government, right? More big government is they want to have more regulations, more protocols, more everything else to, to control what people think and do. Little government is they want to have less regulations or let's go. But regardless of what it is, they're controlling you. Regardless of what side you are on, there is some sort of, you know, control that if you don't follow it, that government's going to destroy you. And this is kind of this book that I was talking about, the beautiful book. It went into and it talked about if you don't obey what the government says, the government will do something about you, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You cannot live apart from the government standard. There is absolute control. But with Jesus, we're free from that. But now we do surrender to God, and we'll get into that a little bit later. There is a, there is a different level, but it's filled with goodness. It's perfect. It's holy. It's, 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 it works all to things together for good. It's a completely different way, a different system. And Jesus was teaching Pilate this system. We're going to get into that. Hmm. All right, let's go on. Different worldview. Yeah. All right, let's, um, let's read, read some more of our text. Let's yeah. read verses 33 through 38. Yeah. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king for this purpose. I was born, and for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Mm. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Then Pilate says to him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. We'll leave it at there. Yeah, I mean, it's we're going to get into more in our next show, but it's, such a powerful, powerful few verses that we. So let's just really just yeah. unpack it and go for it. So the question of asking Jesus if he was king of the Jews is, is recorded by each of the four gospel yeah, writers. Yeah, it's a big deal. So as Roman governor, Pilate would certainly be interested in anyone claiming to be a king. Yeah, so messianic expectations always ran high at Passover season. So whenever the Passover is, everybody's like, is Jesus coming back? You know, is he coming back? Um, it would be easy for a Jewish pretender to incite the people into a riot or rebellion against Rome. So as a procurator, he needed to know what was going on. Pilate, no doubt, felt himself on safe ground when he asked about Christ's kingship. So he was like, okay, if this is if he's a king then he can rise up and, and gain an army. And so I need to suppress this right away. Um, but as he starts talking to him and questioning him, he's realizing well, this is not any normal king. If this guy's a king, he's completely like the opposite. He's not about dominating. He's not about controlling. He's not about force. He doesn't about fit the definition of kingship. No, they can't yeah. even comprehend it. Yeah. And so, so this is all taking place. And then he's asking this question. Now he's talking about truth. And he's saying, wait, he's not from around here. And if it was his kingdom... So Pilate's head right now is exploding. <laughs> so Pilate's listening to Jesus and he's just going, Whoa, what is going on? And I bet you Jesus is talking to him in a gentle, loving, and kind way. It's not with, filled with animosity. There's no bitterness in his voice. There's no hate in his voice. 
he's 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 basically telling him in a matter of fact way the truth and and Pilate is just sitting there listening to this just like what am i in front of right now this is unlike anything i've ever witnessed i've never seen this i've never experienced this this guy's already been beaten by them mm -hmm. he's he's on he, he's done nothing wrong there's nothing bad about this guy and so that's why he goes out and he tells them again, I find nothing wrong with this guy, right? So that's what's going on. That's kind of the story here. Wow. He might have felt safe to ask the question, but he was not prepared <laughs> yeah. for Jesus's answer. Yeah. It, is this, it, it is, as you say, Matthew 27, 11, but then Jesus added a question of his own by asking Pilate this, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? What was Jesus really asking? That's a be? great question because, I mean, seriously, think about it. So you have to meditate on that, don't you? I mean, here he is. He's Jesus all of a sudden turns a coin. I love that Jesus always did that. I've learned from Jesus in this. So when people ask me a question, I want to know a little bit more why they're asking me that question. So I would then ask a question in return so I can better answer that question. So I'm asking that. So really, what is the reason behind Jesus asking this? So maybe... What kind of king do you have in mind, Pilate? Maybe he's asking him, maybe a Roman king or a Jewish king? Which one are you thinking? Hmm. You know, what is, what is behind your mind here? Or a political king or a spiritual king? It wasn't that Jesus was evading the question. He was forcing Pilate to clarify the matter for his own for sake. For Pilate's sake. Yeah. yeah. Truth of the matter, Jesus wasn't on trial. <laughs> Pilate was. And I bet you he felt it because he's probably saying, I can't condemn this guy. I can't put this guy to, to, to death. There's nothing here. There's no, there's no, nothing. It's a nothing burger is what they say, right? <laughs> there's nothing here. I cannot, I cannot do it. So Jesus was basically putting the onus back on him. And this guy's being tried right there in front of Jesus. And he's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I just, I can't even comprehend it. I mean, it, the pressure or the weight, you know, he thinks that he's doing his job, but actually he's been, it's the one that he's the one that's being, um, uh, judged. So anyway, all right. So, so, if, so if Pilate had the Roman King in mind, then Jesus could be considered a rebel. Yep. But if he was thinking about a Jewish King, then political <laughs> matters could be set aside, right? Yeah. Because now it's a bigger deal, right? A Jewish King can be a threat, you know, so that he wants to know like, okay, how do we control this Jewish King? Cause we're still in charge and you're not going to come against us. And we're going to, we're going to suppress it. We're going to control right, you. This is a Roman occupied territory. Completely. So, I mean, it's, he really, he really does need to know this. And, and if he did feel that he was a Jewish King and they're in the political people, I mean, the, well, they are political, but they're religious. If they're coming against and saying, crucify him in Pilate's mind, if that was the case, he could justify it more. Right. So in his mind, he could say, okay, well, yeah, so you're now, I'm not letting that happen. You know, what's, you know, what's your case? I'm not letting that happen. So it's kind of like, if this is a coup attempt, yeah, then he's got, he's justified to, oh, I can stomp this out because I got to keep peace yep. in, the, in the territory. Yep. And he doesn't want to make the decision at this point. He's like, I can't make this decision. I don't see this at all. I'm not seeing this at all. So he sends him to Herod. He goes, I need to get a second opinion. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I need to get something else. It was, I mean, it, 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 this was, he was probably so, Jesus probably humbled him so much that he just, he had no answers. Here's this, he's supposedly probably really smart. Both of them are smart. Both of the leaders are like, we have no idea what to do. with it. We, we just don't know. Um, 
So, yeah, but it's interesting that Pilate called Jesus king at least four times during the trial. That, that's what I love, right? And then even then, he used the title for the placard he hung on the cross. Remember that? It says the yeah. king of the Jews. King he did Jews. it in four different, three different languages. Four, whatever. <laughs> Make sure everybody could understand it. So it's like Pilate was being controlled by a force he had no control over. This was all prophetic, people. <laughs> well, he was. It was. This was, he was all... being, God can use anybody. It, anybody that's in the presence of God, you are changed and transformed. There's not one person, if you're in God's presence, that you cannot be the same. I don't care what it is. Something's going to happen. You can rebel like Pilate did. You can rebel like other, so many other people do. But if you're in God's presence, there's no way you're not changed. There's no way that it does not impact your life some way, somehow. So, all right. All right. So we don't know for sure what kind of king he thought Jesus was, still talking about Pilate. Yeah. But we do know he answered him by asking, am I a Jew that I should know this? <laughs> no doubt there was sarcasm in his voice. Am I a Jew? Am <laughs> I a Jew? What are you talking about? You I know need, I'm not a I need Jew. A little, you need like an Italian accent yeah. when you say that. Yeah, but I can imagine. I mean, he probably was like <laughs> offended by it. Like, what do you mean? I'm not a Jew. What are you talking about? You know? So it's, I mean, it's like, it's like, again, Jesus is making him uncomfortable. He's making him squirm. You know, <laughs> he really he's, is. He's, he is, he's, I mean, Jesus is fully controlled. He's, 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 he's calm in his speech. He's filled with love. He has kindness coming out of his mouth. Just the prisoner here. It, it's just funny. <laughs> it's funny. But remember, Jesus was not a prisoner because Pilate had arrested him but because his own nation leaders had arrested him. We must understand that. It had nothing to do with Pilate. Where there is smoke, there must be fire. So Pilate asked him, what have you done? Graciously, and again, filled with love, with kindness, Jesus explained himself and his kingdom to Pilate. He admitted that he is a king, but his kingdom does not come from the authority of the world. The Jews were under Roman authority and Pilate was under the authority of the emperor. But Jesus derived his authority from God. His kingdom is spiritual in the hearts of his followers, and he does not depend on a world system or fleshly means to advance his case. It's completely outside of normal. Jesus is walking and demonstrating a lifestyle that is the opposite of everything that we are taught in the world. So everything is about dominance. Everything is about control. Our whole system is set up that way. We're going to get into it a little bit more here in a second. But this is Jesus operating and looking at this because he trusted the Father. The Father is in control. And everything about the Father is good. And we can trust the Father. And Jesus taught us to trust the Father. So let me ask you this. If his kingdom were from this world, by now his fathers would his followers, which he had many, would have assembled an army and fought to release him, right? Well, I mean, think about it. If that's probably where Pilate's at. So Pilate is probably going, All right, so where's your kingdom? Where's your where's all of these warriors? You know, where, where's your, you know, that's not happening. He doesn't see it anyway. They would have all came to the place. Trying to break him out or and, and rescue none him. None of that. So again, it's a, another like curveball to it's like this is weird. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And that's the thing. When we walk faithfully before the Lord and trust the Lord and surrender our lives to God, the world will look at us and say, this doesn't make sense. Why are you living that way? It's counterintuitive. Why are you doing things this way? Why do you love people that hate you? Why are you serving? Why are you 
not defending yourself when these accusations are coming against you? Why are you constantly um, calm and, and collective and under control in the midst of chaotic chaos around you? Mm. You're, you're weird. You're different. You don't, it doesn't make sense. And anybody that has that mindset, they live a life that's, and again, I'm saying this humbly, far superior than really anybody else in the world. Because people will look at them and say, you're holier than thou. You're too good for this. And you're not a whatever. But if the person would just say, how do I get that? And humbled themselves. Their life would be so changed and transformed. And they would have so much purpose and so much meaning. And they would have peace. They would have joy. Their life would be invaded by a love that they can't comprehend. They would, have a, they would have wisdom and knowledge that they've never had. They would, their eyes would be open to things that they've never had before. And it's like, that's what's happening here. If Pilate would have just humbled himself, if he would have just surrendered to God at that very moment, says, how could I have this truth? Mm. What could I get? How do I, how do I get this weirdness that you're offering, <laughs> right? It's because it's, he knows in his heart it's good. He knows in his spirit that this guy is real. His guy's true. He's not guilty. He, he knows this. Yeah. But he just can't come to terms mm. with it. And it's the same thing with so many people. They just can't come to terms with it. So I agree that, um, you know, they, there would have been a major army if, it was, if his kingdom was of the earth. But that's not Jesus' system. Jesus did not say that he had no kingdom in the world. You have to understand that. Or that he would never rule on earth. He does have a kingdom in this world. And whoever and wherever there are people who have trusted in him and yielded to his sovereignty, there his kingdom is. One day he shall return and establish a righteous kingdom on earth, Dan 7, 7 verses 13 through 28 says. But for our discussion now, Pilate's concern was the source of this kingdom. Where did Jesus' kingdom arrive from? Where did he get his authority? And so every time that we as Christians serve God and are obedient to God and love people and advance his kingdom one disciple at a time, the kingdom of God is there and it is established and it's rooted. And the Bible says that there's evil opposition, there's evil, there's a ruler of this world. And whenever we do that, we are taking land back from the demonic presence that's, the, that's been there before. So that is what Jesus did. If, if we don't have Jesus if we don't accept him and believe in him and allow him to be God, we do not have the authority to take back the demonic power that is against us. Every time that someone comes to know who Jesus is, every time that we love somebody, every time that we do good things, do the works of Christ for other people, kingdom of God is at hand. All right. Let's Was that, that verse Daniel 7, 13 through 28? Is that what you were? Yeah. Okay. Make sure I got that right. Okay. All right. Uh, in John 18, verse 37, Jesus explained who he is and what kind of kingdom he belonged to him. Pilate probably did not grasp the significance of these profound words, but today we can discern some of the meaning Jesus had in mind. He was born, which indicates his hum humanity, yep. but he also came into the world, which indicates his deity. Yeah, and the only reason why we know that it, he, was, he has deity is because he rose from the grave. If Jesus never rose from the grave, he wasn't divine. There's no, there's no source of that. But, and, and the other part is the, the humanity aspect is 
he came and lived the life that we were, were supposed to live. He, he gave us the example. I mean, that is a good God. You know, hey, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to do that. But not only that, if you believe in my son because he's holy and he's perfect and he died and he rose again on the third day. So now he's seated at the right hand of the father. I have provided you a new system. I've provided you a new way. This is the way it was supposed to be from the very beginning. I created the heavens and the earth and the garden of Eden and everything else because I wanted it this way. And it wasn't that way because of sin. But now I've overcome sin through Jesus Christ. And now through Jesus Christ, if you believe in him as a propitiation of, 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 of our sin, he's the go-between, he's the protector. We now, God now sees us as perfect. It's he now perfect. sees us as good. It's been restored. It's all been restored. And so we just have to understand that's what's going on. But Jesus not only told, like the fact that Jesus came into the world means that he had existed before his birth in Bethlehem. And this is important and repeated in the truth of the gospel. So we know this, we call them uh, Christophanies, but there's many, many times in the Old Testament where Jesus appeared. One was in Genesis 11 when, when uh, he came down into Tower of Babel. Uh, one was Joshua. Remember when he was saying this foot that, you know, the warrior that was standing in front of Joshua, he says, the ground is you're on is on holy ground. Mm -hmm. And Joshua humbled himself immediately. Well, that's a Christophany. There's, he, he, everywhere in the Bible where it was an angel, the angel would say, don't bow to me. But everywhere that it was not an angel, they, he wanted them to bow, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. And so there was a complete difference. We know the, that that was Jesus in the human form. That was Christ in the human form. Blazing furnace. That was there. Yeah, blazing furnace. Yeah. So there's this many, many times. All right, let's go on. All right, but Jesus not only told Pilate of his origin, he also explained his ministry to bear witness unto the truth. His was a spiritual kingdom of truth, and he won people to his cause, not through force, but through conviction and persuasion. He spoke the truth of God's word, and all who were his people would respond to his call. Rome's, Rome's weapon was the sword, but Jesus' weapon was the truth of God, the sword of the Spirit. So again, um, what attracted people, and we talked about this in the prep, um, what attracted people to Jesus? It was beautiful. Everything that Jesus did was unbelievable. It, you, you didn't have the right words to describe it. It, it, when the world would attack him, he would, he would say, forgive them father for what they do. Um, when he, he would go the extra mile, he would sacrifice, he would love, he would, you know, the Bible says, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. He did things the opposite of what the world standard was. And people came to Jesus because it was beautiful. It was amazing. And too often the church and us as believers are too much in the world. We operate according to the world system. We operate according to the world standards. And Jesus is constantly telling us and encouraging us, no, I live by a different standard. I live by a different creed. I live by a different way of thinking. And um, we must understand that. So um, let me just give a real quick story of Cain and Abel. So we have to understand how the world system all started. After sin and, and the exodus from Garden of Eden, um, the first killing took place, and that was Cain killing Abel. Remember, you talked about the ground of the blood and what's going on and all that and the curse. But ever since that moment, the earth was, uh, the system of the earth has always been about killing everything. The world system has always been about control, dominating, overwhelming. And the only way to uh, go against a strong man or a government system, or whatever, is to heed to the strong man's ways, right? 
So it can be in a household. It can be in a, in a government, a small government. It can be in a big government. Um, it can be in friendships. You know, there's something, one friend is more dominant than the other friend. And we know that if we act up with that one friend, they're going to be doing this and da, 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 da. So we don't do that because we don't want our one friend to be upset. Everything is all about control. Everything is all about dominance. That's everything. What Jesus did is he took, completely took that system away. And so we have a dominant friend. Jesus serves that dominant friend. He elevates that dominant friend. He sacrifices for that dominant friend. He, he's, he, he does things out of the ordinary. He does it in an extraordinary way because what it's happening is that he's, he's doing it out of love. He's doing it out of truth. He's doing it out of a standard and authority that's higher than anything that we can find in this world. And that's what's happening. And so that's what's being said. And so it all started way back when, that system, it's still in play today. You know, if we look at our world system, it's always wars and dominance and this and that and everything else. But Jesus turns it completely upside down. He completely takes it and he says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to show you the opposite Instead of power and force, he does it through love. Sacrifice, love, gentleness, kindness. It's different. And he does not look at people the way the world system looks at them. He looks at people as in need of a savior. He looks at people in hurting, in pain, and wanting to set them free from the bondages of the world, of sin. And so he wants to bring freedom to them. He wants to give them abundant life. He wants them to have joy, unspeakable joy. And the only way that we can have that is by surrendering our life to the Father, like Jesus did. We trust the Father with our next steps. We trust the Father with with working all things together for our good. We no longer have to control. We no longer have to dominate. We no longer have to do that. We just follow the Father's lead. As the Father goes, I follow the God's go. I go with the Father. I have eyes to see, ears to hear. Whatever's happening, I adjust my life so that the Father is glorified. And when the Father is glorified, everything around you is. You might be persecuted. You might have other pilots against you and they'll look at you like you're weird. They might not accept this truth, but I'm telling you, you're free. You might be persecuted and die for your faith. But you're not dying because you're trying to fight or trying to be the warrior in the world system. You're dying as a martyr's death, bringing glory to God. And God will use it to get for, for the good. And, and, and I think that's what we're fearful of. And the minute we start getting fearful of, of persecution or whatever else is because we want to go back to the world system. We want to be safe. And Jesus says, no, be different. Hmm. Be an alien. Stand out. Love people. Let people know that you're a light, a light on a, on a hill. Let them see you. Let them know who you are in my name and bring me glory. That's what Jesus did. Um, that's where we're at in this story. So, all right. So good. All right. One final question. So Pilate <clears throat> asked Jesus the famous question, what is truth? We don't know if this is sarcasm or he was being sincere. We know that for centuries, Roman and Greek philosophers had discussed and debated this very question and had come to no settled final conclusions. Yeah. I mean, this is, I personally, I believe that there's conviction here. In Pilate. Yeah, because, I mean, in context, as we've been reading this and how he responds, personally, he's probably like, really, what is truth? You know, I mean, it's, what is it? You know, he's trying to come to terms with it. What is truth? And, um, you know, we know in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but through me. So Jesus is basically saying, listen, I can teach you about truth. You want to know? And he's given them the opportunity. 
he's 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 opening it up right now. What is truth? Well, he's given it to him, but Pilate leaves it because he's uncomfortable. He leaves Jesus. He's like, I can't answer this, and I don't want to have this debate with this guy right now, right? So he leaves, and what does he do? He goes back out to the people and says, I find no problem, no nothing wrong with this guy. That's the next thing we see. We don't know that he had the discussion or truth, because I think if he would have, Jesus would have said, and he kind of did, says, my followers know what truth is, and they follow me, right? He said that, totally told him that. So in his mind, he's saying, well, you're telling me I have to follow you, the king of the Jews? I'm not a Jew, right? I'm not that. So why are you making him like I have to be like you? I'm not that. And, and Jesus is trying to give him the bigger picture. No, this is greater than that. You can have your sins forgiven. Everything is taken care of. And his brain is just probably just gone, whack! You know, and, and we don't know. So maybe after the fact, he came to the Lord. Who knows? Maybe he saw the truth after the fact. Some reports say that it is. Some, some early Christian traditions say that Pilate came. Some other Christians said that he went crazy and killed himself. We don't know. We don't know which one's true. Both of them are legend, but you never know. Mm. You know, I mean, look at the guy that stabbed Peter or stabbed him the sword in the side and blood and flood. They have, there's a lot of early reports of him being saved and his whole family being saved. You know, is it's like he he knew right at that very moment, what have we done? You know, this man really was who he said he was. So he knew immediately his eyes were open to the truth. So we have no idea. We just know that um, you know, God is always control. Mm-hmm. We can trust him. He is true. Um, we cannot know for sure how or how he was, you know, what he was thinking, but I think when we get to heaven, we're gonna be really surprised at some of the people that we meet there and some of the people that aren't there. I think it's going to be both ways. I just know that the way that Jesus rules is the opposite of the way that Pilate rules. So that is what's happening. And, and a new world system is coming in. There's a battle of two systems here. Jesus is saying, this is the way the best, this is the best system. I'm going to die and teach you how you're supposed to live. One day we're going to die. And some of us in America, it might come where we might be persecuted for our faith. In other parts of the country, it is. If a Muslim came to know the Lord, they are definitely putting their life in line. Um, it's a different system. The Muslim faith, the Hindu faith, the Mormon faith, the, some of the Catholic faith, some of these faiths are all controlling. They're all controlling. But Jesus is teaching the opposite. It's for by grace you are saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift from God, lest any man should boast. And that is what's happening here. God is wanting to give each and every one of us this free gift. He's wanting us to have this freedom that he came to give us liberty. And so if you're listening today and you want to give your life to the Lord, you can. Today's the opportunity. You don't have to go another day. You can bend your knee to Jesus. You can stop fighting like Pilate did. You can f- stop living in the world system that is bringing nothing but chaos and agony to your life. You can have freedom. You can be set free from that. And all you got to do is, is what the Bible says, that you need to confess your sins before Christ. You need to say, God, forgive me of my sins. I pray that you would come into my life. I pray that you would take residence. I pray that you would help me to surrender my life to you today. And then the Bible tells us that the next thing that you do, you just need to call out and say, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again for my salvation, that I can now be forgiven of my sins and have eternal life for all eternity. And you just got to believe that in your heart. But then the next step is now you got you to live it. You now got to start putting yourself in a position to, to walk in, in, a, in a faithful way. Learn. 
Get involved in church. Start opening up your Bible and reading. Start surrounding yourself with followers of Christ, people that are believers, and, and get discipled and, and start learning uh, how it is to live like Christ and how it is to have this freedom that Jesus brought us. And uh, it's going to take effort. Listen, you, took, you, have, you put a lot of effort in living like the world system. Trust me. There's a lot of effort there. You, you worked really hard to make yourself miserable and, and, and to be chaotic. You really did. But to make yourself have peace and joy, you're going to have to work really hard as well. And, and it's, you're, you're, you're operating in a new system. You're operating in the very best system, and that is God's system. And you can trust him with everything. He is good. He is faithful. And it's true. So if you're standing here today and you're listening and you're, and you're just contemplating, if you should, just give your life to the Lord. Just pray in your heart. And uh, the Bible says, if you've done that, all the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. It's, it's, again, the kingdom of God is advanced right now because you've given your life to the Lord. And Bob, we would love to hear from them. What, what could they do to get yeah, in that's touch with us? Great idea, Pete. I mean, uh, the easiest way is just go to the Riot podcast and you can, you can click on the, the No God tab. Um, lots of answers to questions there. You can also scroll down to the bottom of the page and you will see this uh, Get in Touch With Us page. And just put your name, your email, and whatever questions you have for us. We would love to hear from you and respond to you and uh, just reach back out to you. So do that. And then if you would, go to our social media sites. Go to Facebook. Go to uh, YouTube. It's just the Riot Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to those buttons, like those buttons. That helps us get the word out to more people. And it will also help you uh, know when we have a new podcast drop or new information drop. Uh, you'll get notified on that as well. And then finally, we've only got a couple weeks left to sign up for our Footsteps of Moses uh, trip. So if you want to join us on this epic trip next year in 20, June of 2024, reach out to us now. Um, you could, there's also a tab for that on our web on our website at the Riot Podcast. So you'll see it pop right up. Look for more information. And man, it's just going to be an epic journey that you do not want to miss. Pete, another amazing show. Yeah. Love the book of John. We yeah. are, man, we are coming we're to wrapping it up, yeah. coming yeah. to the end of it. We'll finish it this year. Yeah, no doubt we will. I, I believe that's true. I believe that's true. Well, have an amazing week of worship, my friends. And thank you for listening. Share the podcast with somebody. Yeah, uh, I'm sure somebody that you know could be blessed by, mm, by this podcast, not because of us, but because of him. Yeah. So thank you. Be blessed. Take care. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.